Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean. First with yesterday's news, I'm Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. And uh, we've got the uh, the COVID app is, is real. I know it's real because I've... Well, it's not the app. It's not an app. So it's not real. But I've got the thing. I did it. Uh, so we'll get into that shortly. Uh, are we uh, spending too much? And a little bit of local radio. Marcus is obsessed with this whole 100 years of New Zealand radio thing. Uh, but before any of that, uh, yes, uh, the, the plan is sort of slowly coming together. Uh, we are going to get back to some semblance of real life. And here is one of the people responsible, Chris Hipkins. Okay, why do this? Why allow the Aucklanders out only from December 15? Why not earlier? Well, this is about making sure that we get our vaccination rates right up and right up, right the way across the country, and we're making good progress there. And we want to make sure that we get as many of those second doses in before we do this as well. Uh, and so, you know, we, we've still got a, a way to go. We've also got to give people time to prepare. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think we people wanted a date. They've now got a date. You need well, people need a month to prepare for something that was inevitable. Uh, look, I, I think you know they want to get their vaccine certificates and so on. And bear in mind that during that period of time, there'll be changes happening. So Auckland will be opening up during that time um, as they move on to the traffic light framework. Uh, you know, they'll they'll have the opportunity to to go out and have a meal and and, and go to the bar uh, and those sorts of things to get a haircut. Uh, all of that still uh, still will be able to happen before the the boundary is is released. So there's a lot of change coming for Aucklanders over the next month, and I think Aucklanders deserve it. Do you acknowledge that Aucklanders are going to spread COVID? I acknowledge that, as we always have all along, that we, we're never going to be able to keep COVID-19 contained within Auckland indefinitely, and that at some point uh, we had to accept that COVID-19 will spread into other parts of the country. The best defence there uh, is to get the country onto the traffic light framework uh, and to make sure that we get the vaccination rates as high as we possibly can. Is it just me, or is he... He's sounding a bit tired, isn't he? Oh, yeah. To be fair, he, he was on... With Mike Hosking yesterday morning as well. He's done both ends of the day with News Talk ZB alone. God knows how many other <laughs> interviews in between. Oh, it's going to be a fun job. Do you reckon when he was a kid he thought he'd be... No. Uh, right, yeah. So, yeah, so part of the grand reopening is uh, we'll all have our uh, passes, of course. Um, I've got mine. In fact, it even comes up on my watch. So it's working. I would really love to know if there's a if there's a genuine reason why I'd I'd really love to know why it's a good idea to do our own technology. And now that the two tier system of the vaxxed and the unvaxxed is becoming a reality, for those who haven't had the shot, does the concept of being denied access to many public places and spaces make you feel a bit resentful? Make you feel a bit sad? Make you think? You're an outsider. Is it enough to make you want to go and make the booking? I would have thought that if losing your job wasn't sufficient, missing out on having a beer with your mates probably isn't going to do it either. Are you just happy enough to be on your own? With your own family or your own friends who've also made the same decision, living your best vax-free life in your backyard? Because... It's pretty much, apart from the supermarket and the pharmacy, all you'll be able to do. Barbie in the backyard. Hope it's a nice one. I think people have bought nice barbecues over the last 18 months or so, don't you?
and they've got the nice outdoor furniture. I think they're ready to go for outdoor entertaining. Don't you worry about that. Um, you just on go, going back to how Kerry started that piece there. Uh, I think they have used a lot of, I'm air quoting, overseas technology with this. As, as I say, it comes up on my watch. It's in the Apple Pay wallet. It goes into your uh, Google Pay wallet if you want it. This comes up as like one of your credit cards. And that stuff doesn't happen easily. I, wonder, I do wonder if we were a little bit quick to judge. I mean, I know there were issues. Uh, there were frustrations with the website going down. got a question for you. You know, with this, Buddy, my buddy COVID pass thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel exactly like you and so does James, yeah? We do about yes, that right. my bloody right. passport, yeah. yeah. Right, I've got the little blue um, little blue um, team of five million membership card that's mm-hmm. got both my um, vaccines on it. Oh, yeah. I've also got the same record on my COVID record on my QR code scanner app, mm-hmm. and now you've got to turn around and load another napping app and that to get your buddy my COVID pass. <laughs> so, sorry, it's a good description. But so hang on, just just recap that because we were doing it this morning. So right, what you, I've got my little blue card, which has got both my vaccines on it, right? That's yeah. your cardboard and card. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then on the QR code app, da, 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 you've got a thing in there that says my COVID record, and yes. it shows on there both my jabs. Yes. And now they're saying you've got to load another app on your buddy phone so that you can get my COVID pass to get in and out of the buddy in and out of COVIDville. <laughs> well, that's just, that's just bloody hopeless. <laughs> I bloody agree with you, actually. Yeah, that is tricky, it Brian. Is, yeah. we, we, we just take, you must be right. James and yeah, I just we, can't get on. We haven't even had a go at it. So you got through, obviously. Um, I, know I, sound, I know I sound like a bit of an apologist, but like when... Half the population of the country goes onto a website all at the same time. It's going to cause issues. It always happens. Doesn't matter if it's concert tickets, if it's complaining about the internet not working, if it's a competition on News.ZB. And I mean, that guy is right. Like he's had three different forms of the same information, but it's just got better and more convenient. And guess what? Nobody actually needs any of that stuff just yet because none of the rules and regulations that allow you to do things with those passes have actually come into effect. So just tie ho. Anyway, um, Kate Hawksby wants the government to tie ho with some of the spending, I think. Too much stimulation, money being sprayed all over the place, the public sector supersized, further increases in social welfare payments and expensive pet projects like light rail. And here's where it hurts for those on lower incomes. Inflation is effectively a tax which hits lower income people hardest and increases poverty, uh, which Joyce points out, ironically, this is the one thing this government was going to fix. Uh, So we're in a bit of a catch-22 here, aren't we? No point pouring more money into welfare if the price of every basic need, like water, power and food, is just going to go up and up and up. Joyce says government needs to pump the brakes, minimise spending and try to take inflationary pressure off household budgets instead of constantly talking about spending more. With commentators talking up a big bounce back and surge spending post-lockdown, you've got to worry how long that's sustainable for and at what cost.
because persistent inflation is the last thing we need. So we can only hope the government might be listening to advice from a seasoned pro like Stephen Joyce rather than ignoring it. I'm just trying to uh, recall how many global pandemics Stephen Joyce never successfully navigated us out of. Oh, Glenn, stop playing devil's advocate all the time, Glenn ZB. I know, I know. I've got a lot of time for Stephen Joyce, actually. I'm sure I would put him in charge of everything. Pretty sure he used to be in charge of everything. What does he do these days? Um... We're going to finish up here with Marcus, who's definitely in charge of uh, radio recollections in this week of New Zealand Radio's 100th anniversary. Radio's strength was always that it was always so incredibly strong in the provinces that, you know, you could go everywhere, whether it be Masterton or Timaru or Invercargill or Greymouth, and they had... Full radio stations complete with, you know, probably announcers, probably even a nighttime show and probably an overnight show, you know, and they'd have full staff and full sales reps and they were they were big players in small communities. It worked wonderfully in small communities, local retailers voicing ads and stuff like that. But with computerization and networking, all that got stripped. So from an industry that used to have thousands of people working on it and would be fantastic for the a bit like you know for the um you know just for the sense of living in a town when you've got your local radio station in the morning throughout the day but all that's gone pretty much and um whether it'll go back the other way I don't know um you know probably the limited frequency oh maybe that's not such a problem but anyway that's probably what I think is probably one of the things that's happened in the last 20 years that's probably um, affected radio. You know, you haven't got those characters going around the country. I mean, there's very few people in broadcasting now. Because you look at ZB, we're nationwide. A little bit of a breakout, a uh, couple of mornings in Wellington and Christchurch, that's it. Whereas in the old days, it'd be 1ZB, 2ZB, 3ZB, 4ZB, 5ZB. Um, and then all those provincial stations, Timaru, Napier, everywhere. Not so much now. Although... That's kind of the beauty of it, and I often say to this to people when they say, hey, you know, why hasn't the internet killed off radio yet? And I say, well, because you ring up news to a ZB and you can be on air to a national audience, even if you are in Timaru. And admittedly on the internet you can be on a, in a global audience, but there might only be three people listening, whereas on news to a ZB there's about 600,000 people listening. Cool, I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, thank you for being one of those 600,000. What do you mean the podcast audience is different to the radio audience? Uh, we'll see you back here again with another News Talk ZB tomorrow.